0: AT&T Fiber, live like a Gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
1: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at the crucial breakthrough that finally brought a string of brazen murders into the light. The day was May 11th, 1949. French authorities exhumed the body of Léon Bénard and found telling evidence that he may have been murdered by his wife. A toxicology report revealed Léon's body contained a high dose of arsenic, an odorless, tasteless poison that had been a popular choice among killers for centuries. A large dose of arsenic can kill a person within a few hours, But since the poison builds up in the body, it's also possible to kill someone gradually by administering small doses of arsenic over time. This slow and steady approach often produces signs of regular illness in the victim, making their eventual death seem less suspicious. Arsenic poisoning had been notoriously difficult to detect until the early 1830s, when a reliable test was finally developed. However, since gradual poisonings were still hard to recognize, many arsenic killers got away with multiple murders before their crimes were discovered. This was the case with Lyon's wife, Marie Josephine Philippine de Vaillot, or as she would later be known, the Queen of Poisoners. Marie had been married once before to a cousin, but he died of tuberculosis in 1927. Or at least, we think it was tuberculosis. At any rate, Marie married Leon the following year, and the couple settled into a modest life together, one they grew to resent not long after the wedding. The trouble arose when Leon's parents inherited a large sum of money from his great-aunts. It didn't seem right for an aging couple to live so well while their children lived in poverty. To correct this imbalance, the Baynards invited Lyon's parents to move in with them, in Loudon, a commune in western France. Lyon's father died shortly after the move, allegedly from eating a bad mushroom by mistake. A few months later, his mother passed away, supposedly from pneumonia. With his parents out of the way, Lyon stood to inherit half of his family's fortune. The other half went to his sister, Lucy. As you can probably guess, Lucy wasn't long for this world. She died soon after the money was divvied up, and though her death was ruled as suicide, it almost certainly wasn't. Marie and Leon took possession of Lucy's half of the fortune, but they decided, why stop there? They took in a married couple, the Rivets, as boarders, and wouldn't you know it, both of them died suddenly under the Baynard's roof. Their short time together must have left a strong impression, though, because the Rivets' will actually named Marie as the sole beneficiary. Next up on the chopping block were Pauline and Virginie Lalauron, a pair of Marie's cousins. Pauline was the first to die, and her sister followed suit about a week later. As Marie explained, in both cases, the women had died from accidentally consuming lye. You'd think that Virginie would have exercised a little more caution after what happened to her sister, but according to Marie, she did not. Oh, and to answer your question, yes, both sisters had named Marie as their sole heir. By that point, the Baynars had inherited a total of six houses, Two farms, one inn, and a cafe. Now fabulously wealthy, Leon took the head of the town post office as his mistress. He even invited her to move in with him and his wife. Perhaps in retaliation, Marie took a lover herself, one who was supposedly 30 years younger than she was. Leon objected to the arrangement, and it wasn't long after that he became violently ill and dropped dead over lunch. The town doctors ruled that his death was due to uremia, a deadly condition that occurs in the final stage of chronic kidney disease. That explanation satisfied the local police, but the local gossips of Loudon, France, had a theory of their own. For years, they had whispered about the so-called Bainard family jinx, but as they watched nearly all of Marie's family members die strange and untimely deaths, they eventually realized there was more than just bad luck at play. With the death of Lyon in 1947, Marie inherited all of the couple's accumulated wealth, seemingly confirming the neighbor's suspicion that she'd been the mastermind behind all the mysterious deaths all along. Still, despite all the rumors of poisoning, authorities didn't look at Marie as a suspect until 15 months after the death of her husband, when her own 78-year-old mother died under suspicious circumstances. Soon after, on the morning of May 11th, 1949, the body of Léon Bénard was exhumed and traces of arsenic were discovered in his body. Two months later, 52-year-old widow Marie Bénard was taken into custody and charged with the murder of 13 people. That's all of the ones I've mentioned so far, along with her own father, her great-aunt, and her grandmother-in-law. The state spent nearly three years building its case against the Queen of Poisoners. They interviewed townspeople, including Lyon's mistress, who revealed that he had suspected his wife might try to kill him, and asked that an autopsy be performed in the event of his death. In the end, the bodies of all 13 of Marie's alleged victims were exhumed and examined. Each of them had two things in common. They had all named Marie Baynard in their wills, and they all contained traces of arsenic. The evidence was strong enough to take Marie to trial, three different times, in fact, over the course of a decade. But ultimately, it wasn't enough to convict her. Toxicology was still a relatively new science at the time, and the methods behind it left some room for doubt. This uncertainty led to two mistrials and eventually to an acquittal. It was pointed out during the third trial that some of the bodies exhumed had been buried for a decade or longer and had contained only faint traces of arsenic. It was possible then, the defense argued, that arsenic could have entered their bodies through the soil of their grave sites. After all, witnesses testified that potatoes had been grown near the Loudon Cemetery, and some of the fertilizers used were known to contain arsenic. Scientists were forced to admit the possibility, and as a result, the jury took less than three and a half hours to acquit Marie. On December 12th, 1961, after 12 years of litigation, Marie Baynard was cleared of all charges and released. By most people's reckoning, she had gotten away with 13 murders, though it's possible the number could have been even higher. If you're expecting a third-act twist, or maybe some kind of late-stage comeuppance for the killer, this isn't the story you're looking for. Marie Baynard was a free woman when she died of natural causes in 1980 at the age of 84. There's no clear-cut takeaway for a case like this, though one despondent state's attorney did consider it a compelling argument for cremation over burial. True, that would make it harder to determine if you'd been killed by poison, but at least you could be certain that you wouldn't be hauled out of the ground for nothing. That's small comfort, but in the case of the Queen of Poisoners, that's the best you're gonna get. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly to me by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.